Grace, mercy, and peace to each one of you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Would you please bow your head with me? Gracious Father, we ask that you would send your Holy Spirit down among us and accompany your word just as you promise. We pray for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated. I'm hearing myself smacking over this thing, and I apologize for that. I didn't realize that was going to come out. Um, it'll probably happen more. I probably don't realize I do it. Anyway, until now. Now I know I do it, but now, unfortunately, I'm in front of all of you doing it. Uh, we human beings have an amazing capacity for self-deception, and, and for deception, period, but also self-deception, I've been reading lately about people who believe men can become pregnant, and I don't quite know what to think about that, except that on behalf of all the fathers in here, I'm, I'm glad our wife didn't know about that before <laughs> she got pregnant, and uh, things might have been different. And uh, a couple of examples of this. There was an experiment that was conducted one time in which people were shown pictures of themselves, and I suppose they were in the midst of some kind of background, maybe of other people, and they were quicker on average to identify a picture of themselves if that picture had been enhanced to make them a little bit better looking. And they were slower to recognize themselves if their picture were enhanced to make them less good looking. Kind of interesting, isn't it? I don't know what this next one says about faculty, but uh, I've read that over 90% of all college professors believe themselves to be in the top 50% of their profession. Well, they can't all be, can they? I don't know. But, um, but you know what the Bible says? It says this, that the human heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. And then it asks this question, who can understand it? And the implied answer is no one, no one on earth. We can't understand even our own heart. Well, our passage this morning speaks about self-deception, speaks about sin and what to do about sin. And so here is our passage, and it's found in 1 John chapter 1, beginning with verse 8. And here's what it says. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, God is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Verse 8 begins with that idea of self-deception, doesn't it? If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. And there is a there is a, a nuance to this passage in the original language that, that doesn't come across in our translations very well. And it's, it's this idea of continuance, or, or that this is a continual thing. And I like this translation I heard way a long time ago back in seminary that says this, if ever we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in it. And that catches the meaning maybe just a little better. There are entire church bodies who believe that once a person becomes a Christian, that is, when they begin to believe that Jesus Christ is their 
Lord and Savior, as a result of the work of the Holy Spirit, that after that moment, they can begin to live a life of sinless perfection. That's not what this passage teaches, and most of us wouldn't agree with that, even just probably looking at our own lives. But, uh, but we don't have to believe in sinless perfection to deceive ourselves. If ever we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. We can deceive ourselves in other ways. And, and one of those is to rationalize the sins that we do commit by claiming my situation is different, right? Maybe you've done that. My situation is different. I've, I've heard of, of men who are committing adultery and they rationalized it away. And even though there's a clear commandment, you shall not commit adultery, and yet they were able to rationalize that away to themselves. They can't rationalize it, of course, before God, but they rationalize it in their own mind and say, well, you know, if you knew the situation in my marriage, you would, you would be okay with this. Another way is to make excuses for our sin and say, well, this is just a little sin, you know, just a little white lie and I didn't really hurt anybody with it. <laughs> or this, this, this little bit of cheating I did on this paper, why, you know, that, <laughs> if you knew how stressed I was uh, last week when it was, and, and I, well, I just didn't have time, I couldn't think, I couldn't, I was so stressed I couldn't do any studying at all, this is the only way I could get a passing grade on this. And, and so, well, under those conditions, it must be okay, right? We make excuses for our sin. We rationalize our sin. You say, well, I, I shouldn't have lost my temper and blown up at that guy yesterday, but I'll tell you something. He deserved it, you know, and, and so we make excuses, right? If he deserved it, well, that takes the heat off of me, doesn't it? But it's deception is what it is. It's self-deception. The truth is... If ever we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. And, and the reason for that is because sin is a deeper problem than we really think it is. It runs deeper inside of our human nature than we can fathom. It corrupts us so that everything that comes out of us is corrupted. Luther says if we have a polluted well, polluted water comes out of it. That's us, polluted wells. So what is the opposite of denying our sin? What's the answer? Well, confessing it, recognizing it, confessing it to God. If we confess our sins, what does it say? God is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Now, why does God tell us to confess our sins? It surely isn't because... He doesn't know them, and he wants us to tell him. He wants us to inform him about them. <laughs> Surely not. His eyes see everything. They see our every move. His omniscient brain, well, I don't know if we'd call it a brain. Brain's a physical thing, isn't it? But, but his omniscient mind knows everything. He knows our thoughts before we think them. I'd like to briefly mention some benefits of confessing our sin. He tells us to confess our sins because it's beneficial for us. And the first benefit is that it softens our heart toward God. If you were here yesterday in chapel, you heard about this, this progression of sin 
in King David's life that he started with lust. Then he tried to cover that up and he tried to hide it. And then, well, then, well, sorry, that went to adultery and then that's what he tried to cover up and he tried to hide it and finally it ended with murder. This progression of sin. And we can get into a progression like that where we, where we grow from one sin to another and it becomes bigger and bigger in our lives. And... Uh, from what was seemingly a small sin to more elaborate transgressions of God's law. And doing that over time can extinguish the very faith that God has implanted in our heart. And heartfelt confession breaks that progression. That's what it does. It breaks that progression and it takes us to God where we admit to Him what we have done And because he promises his forgiveness, it has a way of keeping our heart from hardening then toward God. In other words, he uses it to work in our heart. Secondly, not only softens my heart toward God, it softens my heart toward others. And that's an important thing. A Christian's life ought to be marked by humility and taking my struggles with sin to God Receiving his forgiveness causes me to realize what I really am. It's just another sinner. Just another person out there who is in need of more grace than I ever thought I needed. It makes me slower to judge someone else. Because I see that we're all afflicted with the same disease. We all have a sinful nature. None of us has arrived nor will we arrive at sinless perfection this side of heaven. Now maybe somebody in here is saying to yourself, yeah, but I keep sinning the same sin over again. I keep doing the same things. And don't you think God's getting kind of frustrated over that? I get frustrated with myself. Don't you think he's disappointed in me? And I get kind of afraid to go to him again and confess the same thing. I've felt that way. I'll confess that to you. I've felt that way about myself. But let me tell you something that is true. Your sins have not caught God by surprise. He's known every one of them that you have committed and that you will commit until the day you die. He's known them all long before you were ever born. He's known them all, and you need not be afraid of confessing them to him. He's known every one. You will not disappoint God when you sin. Why is that? Because he's known of every one of them before you were ever born, and he still wanted you to be his own and live with him forever in heaven. He still wanted you so much that he was willing to send his own son to die for those sins and take them away. And they do not exist as far as he is concerned. He's forgiven them all. That's why we can go to him with every sin. We can confess them to him and say, Lord, I'm struggling with this sin. I I need you to help me. I need you to take it away again. And it's gone. Just like 
what was it, Thursday, I was driving into town and there was this great fog out there. Couldn't see very far in front of the car and everybody's driving slow because of that on the way in. But you know what? By 10 o'clock in the morning, it was gone. It dissipated. It's what he's done with your sins. He's dissipated them and they do not exist in his sight anymore. So confess your sins to your father. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins because of what Jesus has done for us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Would you please bow your head with me? Lord God, gracious Father, we ask you that you would so guide and direct us by your Holy Spirit that we may not forget our sins and be filled with pride, but continue in daily repentance and renewal seeking comfort only in the blessed knowledge that you will be merciful to us and forgive our sins and grant us eternal life through your beloved Son, Jesus Christ, the same one who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one true God, now and forever. Amen.